I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Well, he's been so consistent all year. Not the taste, the consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And we're back. Summertime edition, June edition. We're June 4th here doing the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. As always, I'm your host, Bob Long, for Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And normally we have our good friend, Ron Rigney. But you know what? We have another good friend of the uh, site who doesn't get to come on often. He's a very busy man. Uh, got a wedding plans going on coming up this August. Uh, and that is one Colby Conway from uh, Fantasy Alarm and, of course, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Well, Colby, it's good to have you on, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. And all it means is now we're back on talking a little bit of football. We're getting closer to um, not only the preseason, but more drafting. And then obviously once the season starts, Ron and I get involved with the uh, consistently cashing here at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And hopefully you and I come back with the uh, Prop It Like It's Hot article. I kind of missed that theme song a little bit, yeah, that intro yeah. song. Yeah, we, I should have played it. I, I, I should have. Didn't even th- we should have talked about it. But <laughs> anyway, but yeah, we will be back obviously this fall with Prop It Like It's Hot and giving you all the best prop bets from our prop bet consistency tool, which was very effective for us last year. Did a really nice job, made us some money, and that's always a good thing. But, yeah, we're going to talk about tonight, uh, obviously, the reason we're here. The reason we do this is the importance of consistency in fantasy football, and tonight's no different. Uh, one of, our, of course, our specialties is the uh, fantasy football consistency guide. The 2020 edition is out. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, the hard copy will come to you uh, mailed directly from them. So they will print it and send it to you. In that will be a coupon code that you can use to get the VIP upgrade on the website. So you have all the free updates all season long for the guide, for the tier draft list, access to the consistency report that can put in your own scoring methods and get the most, uh, all the, you know, find out who are the most consistent players in your league so we definitely have that out there so make sure you get that uh on amazon.com and uh, colby tonight i thought we start with the quarterback position it has certainly been an interesting one over the past few years we're seeing almost almost more and more uh when we came out with the idea of kind of con, con streaming or consistency streaming uh, we thought it, it just makes a lot of sense that if you go and get maybe two good quarterbacks that you can kind of intermax, you know, inter inter interconnect with the uh, their schedules, it might be better than grabbing a super high draft pick like a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, as we come into the season last year, we thought Mahomes is going to have another great season, but he got hurt a little bit and didn't live up to the standard of being a super high pick. Uh, what did happen was Lamar Jackson came out of nowhere and showed that he not only could be a fantasy relevant with his feet, which we all knew was a thing, but he was very relevant with his arm, throwing over 30 touchdowns. So uh, definitely this year we're seeing both of these guys going second round, third round type scenario. And, uh, you know, then it kind of drops off and maybe the Kyler Murray's Dak Prescott, that kind of guys going fifth round uh, and then, you know, rounds six through ten, you've got all, all the old guys, I call it. You know, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, et cetera. So we're going to break those down tonight. You know, last year um, there were, for the second year in a row, 15 quarterbacks who threw for over 300 fantasy points. 
Uh, even better than that was that it almost doubled the number of quarterbacks uh, that were over 60% consistent. So we're seeing more consistency from the quarterback position, which is a good thing. We definitely like that because, you know, it, it you, you want to get a guy that's going to be, you know, consistent for you. And you want somebody that's going to get those 20, 25 points for you every week. So without question, you know, we look at that this year. So, as we're looking at the 2020 preview in the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, uh, once again, we see basically Tier 1, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. No surprises here. They both very talented, can put up a lot of fantasy points. Mahomes was kind of not at his peak last year, but he'll be 100% healthy. He certainly was struggling in the second half of the year and the playoffs uh, with not running as much and not getting away from sacks as much. But he'll be healthy this year, and that just means more trouble for the defenses and even better for the people who draft him. What are your thoughts on Lamar and Patrick, and are you going to draft them in the second round? Do you feel comfortable you can make adjustments with the other players to get a top quarterback like that? Yeah, it, it quarterbacks kind of become a cup of tea. Like, it, it's kind of – it's really a personal preference. Obviously, everyone's going to go. You want your running backs. You want your receivers early. Some people like to go for the quarterback to get that leg up. I know last year I was kind of out on Mahomes as QB ones. I didn't think he'd end there. Um, kind of worked out. Obviously, I still would have been great to have him. Um, this year, the thing with Lamar Jackson is you kind of get a quarterback and a running back mm-hmm. combined because it's interesting with him throwing for 30 touchdowns. I mean, I I. I didn't do this, but I just thought of this idea now. It'd be really be interesting if you took out his rushing numbers, just in terms of his pure passing numbers, where he came um, last year. Because I know the yardage wasn't super high, um, but obviously those 30, 36 touchdown passes to only six interceptions is going to be just fine for you. Right. I don't envisioning myself having either or any shares of really Lamar or Mahomes. I'd rather wait for that next tier because that's where I there's quite a few quarterbacks I really like. So I'm always fine with taking the one that falls. Um, and one thing with Mahomes too is interesting. Um, he always had Kareem Hunt and he had a good pass catching running back. Mm-hmm. Not that Damian Williams isn't great, but with 11 games with uh, Kareem Hunt, Patrick Mahomes about 30, you know, this says about 34 fantasy points and out of games when he didn't have Kareem Hunt down to about 26. Is 26 bad? Absolutely not. But right. now obviously the Chiefs invested in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a.k.a. Brian Westbrook 2.0 from what they're saying. <laughs> right. Give Mahomes yet another weapon. Good luck. You can't go wrong with either of those two. It's mm-hmm. just are you willing to pay that second or third round price or even a top five pick if you're in super flex formats because that's, oh. that's what you're going to have to use to get those guys there. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely in the super flex. And I've done a few of those already, especially dynasty super flex. So I've done two. I'm in the middle of two dynasty super flex drafts. And the one I I think you know about this one. The one that I'm in is it's going to be a 22 player. No, I'm sorry. Yes, I think it's a 22 starting lineup players. Why? Because it's also Superflex Dynasty full IDP. So you start two defensive tackles, two defensive ends, two cornerbacks, two safeties, and three linebackers. (laughs) How about that? So needless to say, I've been pulling out all of my connections uh, for for IDP expertise because I don't know shit about IDP. Um, we do have the IDP consistency in the guide this year, which is fantastic. 
but the problem is is that I didn't do it. My good our good friends from Brazil, uh from Brazil fantasy football put it together for us and I used that and so I'm making some picks. But yeah, um it's uh boy, you want to talk about an eye opener. I'm like because I was and here's the thing, the scoring method is so unique that when you go so it's in my fantasy league so you you know the site obviously very well and so um in my fantasy league you know you can put up the total stats from last year with the total fantasy points that you get and um you know you get uh you know how, who scored the most points last year so in the top 10 right are four defensive players that's how much they've adjusted the scoring so <laughs> Yeah, there was like two safeties and maybe a quarterback or something. So I was like, "Holy cow, this is going to be intense." So, so it's been fun. But anyway, uh, so back to yeah, so back to the back to tier one. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, I've tried some best ball drafts where I've drafted both Lamar and Patrick in round two just to see what kind of team I could put together with that. Um, and it isn't bad, you know. Obviously, a lot of consistency, which you'd expect. Uh, so, you know, I, I like the team. But, you know, that's also a best ball draft. And so, you know, you can you can take those chances and, and make up for it with other, you know, scenarios and put that away. But uh, so anyway, so that's uh, so that's what's going on there. So now we move into, they think, the tier that most people are going to spend, you know, the most time looking at from a quarterback position. And that's our tier two. And in that tier, you know, we have it's basically the remaining 10 you know, NFL quarterback. So in our ranks, uh, we've got Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, Josh Taylor, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff rounds out our top 12. I know who your favorite player is. I don't even have to ask, but but why don't you talk about Mm -hmm. your man, Deshaun Watson, and how are you feeling about him this year? We've got Brandon Cooks instead of D-Hop and, you know, some some changes uh, in, you know, the offense here. Uh, What are your thoughts on Deshaun? Are you feeling that, that, that love, that comfort you always have for him? Or are you a little bit worried that, you know, he might, he might regress just a tad? So, Interestingly enough, when you look at some of the numbers, we'll start with Watson. So this is that tier where I'm telling you there's about five guys in this tier that I like. Right. Um, we'll start with Watson. Obviously, he is my favorite. Well, you have Dak in this tier, so I feel like I feel like he probably should have Dak above him just given the weapons. But I still I still prefer Deshaun. And actually, Deshaun passing wise slipped a bit last year. They lost D Hop. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, what I'll argue is that now he'll finally have a true slot receiver rather than moving Will Fuller or DeAndre Hopkins in there with Randall Cobb, even though he's aging. Right. Yeah, you've got you've, uh, to walk through that because you brought up a really good point. We've had this discussion. So kind of tell the listeners about why Randall Cobb may be a good fantasy pick and is also a good benefit to Deshaun Watson that, that may, may, may most people aren't thinking about. Yeah, so the thing with this is that basically what Houston did, and I don't know – I still love DeAndre Hopkins. I take him in the first round of multiple drafts, even he's right. not on the team anymore. Right. I don't know if, obviously, it's contractually, it, that was part of it. I don't know if maybe Houston thinks he might have lost a step. I don't think he has. But they've been moving, they moved him into the slot a little bit more here and there to try to get him involved. Now, what happens is, with him out of the equation, they need a slot receiver. It's not QT. He's buried in Bill O'Brien's doghouse. I don't right. know if we'll ever see him again, to be honest. I thought he'd be traded before the draft. Right. Um, but what's going to happen here, Randall Cobb, yes, he's old. And 
yes, he's maybe not quite what he once was. And I'm trying to get this pulled up because I actually just wrote some notes about Deshaun Watson for uh, a piece I'll be writing here. But basically, if I'm not mistaken, Randall Cobb had like the fifth or sixth most receiving yards out of the slot last season. He's going to be a true slot receiver for that team. That's going to let Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks on the outside also mix in Kenny Stills with Duke Johnson and David Johnson. You could argue that this is the deepest group of weapons that Deshaun has ever had. Mm. And obviously Deshaun's going to run. That's Bill O'Brien loves to use him. He's going to get those carries inside the, you know, inside the five and even in the red zone here. Mm. Um, Yeah. So last year, Randall Cobb, sixth most yards out of the slot, seventh highest receiving or reception percentage from there. There's a lot of speed on this team. And he converted on just 49% of his air yards last season. So if they're, if the speed plays, I think he's going to be okay. I think in this tier, aside from Deshaun, can Deshaun be QB1 this year? I, I think so. I think his MB, MVP season's incoming. If it's not this year, it's going to be next year. But Dak is obviously a guy, obviously adding CeeDee Lamb. He's got all all the weapons there. Right. And then when you look past that, Kyler has the rushing ability. He gets D-hop in a very pass-happy offense. Can't go wrong with Kyler. And right. the last... Two, I'll point here, Josh Allen, obviously rushing ability. Give him Stephon Diggs. Carson Wentz is the guy who slips in drafts, and he's the one. I know there's injury concerns. I completely get it, but they are putting a NASCAR offense around him too, and the dude is incredibly gifted. If he stays healthy, he is easily the best value in this tier, especially looking here, you know, 63% consistent last year. You have him ranked here at QB 11. No way or no, no, there's no possibility that he couldn't be the QB four or five at the end of the year, especially if he runs a little bit more health willing. Right. No, and and I'm in agreement with all of them. And, you know, I noticed that the ones you didn't touch, we'll call them the old guys, everybody over 30, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Um, I have a lot of love for them (laughs) because one, they're closer to my age. Uh, Number two, you know, they're going in rounds 10, 11. So I've I've told people a lot of the uh, you know uh, in a lot of the podcasts that I've done that I said you know I've been basically loading up on um, you know uh, what do I say loading up on um, running backs wide receivers tight ends and then drafting Ryan and Breeze back to back in rounds ten eleven or nine ten and you know it's worked out pretty well for me I feel like they're all good teams because I know that. Those two guys are going to put up good numbers. Now, one of them could get hurt, and that's why you get the other one. Um, but you know they're going to throw. I mean, Ryan yep. and, and Breeze both have to throw in that those offenses. Um, you know, they they play each other twice, so always a lot of passing going on in that in those in that division. So you know, I really like them. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's the only one that scares me, just because he's going too soon in drafts. His 56% consistency last year was just almost dumbfounding because the weird thing was he always started off really slow in the past, and then last year he started off super fast in the beginning and went like five out of six and then turned around and just sucked. I mean, he was like 50% consistent the rest of the year, and it was very, like I said, just, almost disappointing. So a lot of and, and the thing was he ended the year ranked fourth in total points. So a lot of people see the fourth in total points and go, well, Russell Wilson had just a typical year, top five. Yeah. But that's why we do the consistency numbers to show that he was not as helpful to your teams at that point that he, he should have been. And in the past he's always been around seventy, seventy five. So I feel like he'll have a bounce back, but they didn't really go out and get any new weapons, um, unless you call Carlos Hyde that, but uh, you know, they're gonna rely on Chris Carson, the running game. 
DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, uh, maybe Greg Olson, hopefully, uh, mostly because Will Disley won't be back until um, maybe end of September from what Dr. Uh, Brandon Brower, Bowers said last week when he was on. So if you're thinking about Will Disley getting back for the season to start, he doesn't think it's going to happen. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. But I think all of these guys have potential to put up solid numbers. I think this year is one of the years that you really can wait on a quarterback and get a good consistent one mm-hmm. out of it. Um, even Tom Brady, who certainly had a terrible year last year from his perspective, you know, going to a, a those kind of weapons around him, you know, it's certainly going to be a productive year for him with having Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you know, OJ Howard, Cameron Brate, all those guys. So, you know, uh, should be good. Ronald Jones, I think will benefit as well. So I think all the quarterbacks certainly have a lot of potential there. Um, are there any in that group that you just won't draft? Now, I know you'll draft Deshaun Watson and everyone. So I shouldn't say that because you'll never draft any of those guys other than Deshaun Watson. But <laughs> yeah, is there anybody, yeah, out like, of- even if you're sitting in round 10, you're like, I don't have a quarterback yet. Do I draft Jared Goff? Do I draft Tom Brady? Is there anybody you're just like, I'm probably, or they're too high. Maybe a Prescott Wilson, you know, rounds, you know, four or five. Are you going to take a chance and, and go there? Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna incorporate draft capital in, I'm probably gonna be out on Russell Wilson only because I like his weapons, which is nice. However, it's a run first team, becomes a little bit touchdown dependent, and I don't know they they just seem to. I'm pretty sure sometime this offseason they've released an offensive lineman who was actually pretty good. So can't imagine he has much protection in terms of just on a talent level. I want to be in on Tom Brady in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians because they're going to throw all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Jared Goff. They're going to run the football a little bit more, which I think will help him, to be honest. I think when they tried to go three wide receivers all the time, he struggled a bit, and the O-line was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of price, I'm probably out on Russell Wilson. I would probably still draft Tom Brady over Jared Goff. I, I just it, it, When it comes to Jared Goff, if he's going to be my quarterback, I'm waiting until a player that you have in Tier 4 that I'm pushing up and actively getting him. So gotcha. call that a tease. All right, and a tease it is. Uh, real quick, so Tier 3, don't have a lot of guys. I don't think there's a lot of QB2 A's. Uh, if I have to pick two, I'm going to pick – I put Stafford and Tannehill in there, both because, hey, they were both 75% consistent in their limited time. Uh, Tannehill was actually even better than that. He really didn't kick into about the third game in. Then I think he ripped off like seven or eight straight. Uh, but then what I saw in the playoffs scared me a little bit for putting him too high because then it was just very obvious that when Derrick Henry was running wild, like he did in the playoffs in some of those games, it was certainly a point where Tannehill, what, didn't he throw for under 100 yards in one of the games that they won, I think, or something like that. Maybe it was a one, one, 150. Uh, so it kind of scares me that he could go into a game and he may not have to throw the ball because Derrick Henry will rush for 170 yards and two touchdowns. So that's the only thing that scares me about Tannehill. I love Stafford. I mean, I think he's one of those mm-hmm. guys. If you, you want to move up into tier two easily, uh, you take Stafford in rounds like 12, 13. Uh, I definitely draft him as backup in a lot of uh, things so far. So uh, any thoughts on these two guys? And, uh, you know, do you have any love for them? Yeah, uh, not as much Tannehill. Definitely with Stafford, though. He was a QB1 um, up until his injury last year. Like, I'm looking here at his fantasy points, and through week eight, he was the QB9, and he already had his bye week in there. So he had only played um, 
seven games up to that point. Only players ahead of him that had seven games within that span were Lamar, Dak, um, Mahomes, and Matt Ryan. So basically, if you want to look at that, he was kind of the QB5 almost. Um, So definitely, definitely in on Stafford more so than Tannehill. The only thing that benefits Tannehill is that his division boasts some bad secondaries. Um, Houston's secondary isn't great. Indies isn't great. And Jacksonville's they're bad too. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're they're bad all around. At least Houston and Indy has some talent at some places. Jacksonville's kind of a mess. Um, right. So he at least has a good division that he gets to feast on. But yeah, you're right. It's that's that's a Derrick Henry offense with Tannehill mixing it in every now and again. So more so Stafford for me in that tier. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's move on to the tier four. A lot of quarterbacks in there. A lot of surprises of good quarterbacks. At least we think they're good. Um, you know, this is. Quarterbacks 15 through 24, so our QB 2Bs. And uh, Aaron Rodgers in there. Ben Roethlisberger's in there. Of course, he got injured, so it's kind of kind of hard to fault him. Uh, I even have Joe Burrow in there as a rookie, which I think, you know, obviously he's the starter, so I think he has easily the potential to, you know, put up at least top 24 numbers uh, in, in the quarterback's position. Um, you know, other than that, I just – I, I, there may be some guys in here like I, I might draft Rodgers, but the problem is Rodgers is still going in like round six and seven. You know, he's not even falling back with Breeze and Ryan in, in you know, in the late uh, single digits, not eight, nine, ten. Uh, but you said, you know, you have a, a guy that you might move up to tier two here. So I'm, I'm intrigued to know who that is. I'm curious if I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a guess or two. Let's okay. See if you can guess it. If you're if you took note of the recent draft that we were in, you'll have a good idea. Then I'm going to go with Danny Dimes. Yep, Daniel that's Jones. exactly who it is. Um, All right. I am. He has a complement of weapons. He's going to have Saquon. He's going to have Evan Ingram. Fingers crossed. Sterling Shepard. Fingers crossed. Darius Slayton and Golden Tate. So I'm looking here at. Um, Danny Dimes here, just looking at his numbers from last year. So using pro football focus as numbers, 0.47 fantasy points per drop back, 14th best in the league, just behind Kyler Murray. He actually runs more. Now, the only problem is he did lose uh, 18 fumbles, or I'm sorry, he fumbled 18 times last year, lost 11. Yeah. That's something that's got to get picked up. The yeah. one thing to note with him, final eight weeks of the season, he had three games with at least four touchdown passes. And after week eight, he averaged about 270 passing yards per game with two and a half touchdowns. So if he can keep that up and keep the turnovers down, I think the Giants, they want to run the football with Saquon, right. um, but they're going to want to throw it with all those weapons. I, If Danny Dimes runs, holds onto the football, and doesn't turn things over, he's going to push to be a top 10 quarterback this season. I, I firmly believe that. I, I have leagues where he's my QB1 um, in a dynasty super flex that I'm in. He is my quarterback too behind Deshaun Watson. So I went with Deshaun and Danny. Um, Very big on Danny Dimes this season. Look to get a lot of shares of him. If not as my starter, because I waited, I love grabbing him as a backup because a lot of people, when you look at this tier, depending on who you're drafting with, eyes are going to go to Baker Mayfield with OBJ and Jarvis Landry. And Mm -hmm. then obviously Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers have pedigree. Joe Burrow and Drew Locke are probably sexier picks than um, Daniel Jones, but production is there and, this year, or in 2020, that 38% clutch rate from 2019 for Danny Jones, hopefully that's pushing more 65 70% this season. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, I did notice that in your in our auction draft that Colby and I are in together. Mm-hmm. He was certainly uh, putting in some money for, for DJ there, and uh, so that's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – like I said, there's a lot of interesting players. There's, I mean – 
if you throw in Jones, Mayfield, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, maybe even Rivers, depending, um, you know, you have basically five quarterbacks that could easily make the top 20, you know, top 12 um, if mm-hmm. they just get things together. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers was 11th in total points. Consistency wasn't there. I mean, Mayfield was 18th, but and Rivers was 14th. So they both have the potential that, you know, uh, Mayfield has a much better offensive line to work with now. So that certainly has been a big factor. Uh, and, uh, you know, so in Roethlisberger being healthy, he could, I mean, he was top 12 two years ago when he was healthy. So he, all these guys have potential to get in there, which means some of the guys in the top 12 are going to get moved out. Like I said, I think, you know, we could see a lot of quarterbacks being over 300 points this year without question. So definitely, definitely love that uh, from that scenario. Uh, the, the bottom guys, Cousins, Garoppolo, and Darnold had their moments in some games, certainly – you know, had some flashes. You go, ooh, hey, maybe. And then, you know, the reason we do the consistency. You know, you have a big game, and then you come back with two clunkers. Uh, you know, we know mm-hmm. Cousins is so is is so much love that they raided stores in Minneapolis, and they left all his jerseys behind. So that was helpful. So that shows you the love they have for him in Minnesota. Um, but, uh, you know, do you see any of these guys maybe even breaking into Tier 3? The, I, 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 I guess Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't feel great about either of these three uh, in that dynasty super flex. I'm in Darnold's my QB three and I'm trying to trade him every day. Right. Um, it's just his, his thing is not necessarily. Well, I mean, talent. He, he's talented. It's just Adam Gase. Just I, you never know. Yeah, he's just a guy it. I'm out on. Jimmy Garoppolo relies on his guys making making plays after the catch, which right. is luckily he has George Kittle. They added Brandon Ayuk. Um, they have Debo Samuel. So they do have some athletes there. And Minnesota runs through Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins throwing to Dalvin Cook and mixing in a little Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Adding him does help a little bit for Cousins. But, I mean, 47% clutch rate last season. And I right. think when you look back through the years, I don't necessarily think Cousins is necessarily a beacon of consistency. Right. Um, 47, 44, and 56 in the past three years. So right. nothing great there. Yeah. I, I'm kind of out on these guys. Cousins had some big point years, um, but the consistency hasn't been there. He's no more than your backup. Gotcha. All right. So good preview there. Just looking at our top 24 quarterbacks. Let's move into X consistency. And for those listeners, uh, maybe new to the program, new to the consistency world, maybe you haven't got your guide yet. Uh, X consistency basically gives you the ability to help us kind of fine tune the consistency model. Um, if you play fantasy baseball, XERA is kind of similar. It kind of fine tunes the ERA to see if they're really uh, pitching well or not pitching well. And, um, that's what this X consistency is here to do is for the guys that have played limited games. So they're not up there in total points. We're taking their fantasy points per game, multiplying times their clutch rate to kind of get their X consistency. We call it. And it kind of separates those guys who, uh, you know, may be good, may look good on paper, but then you look at that number, go, Hmm, dropped off a little bit. And our, 
in our in our article inside the guide, uh, we compare Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson, and we're not saying that Matthew Stafford's better than Deshaun Watson. What we're showing is what a value Stafford was for the first half of the year when he was playing. Higgs' ex consistency was actually a little bit better than Matthew Stafford's, and end of the year ranked third in ex consistency. Deshaun at fourth. Um, you know, so. You know, Colby, from your perspective, as you look at, let's say, the top 12, are there guys in there that kind of surprised you being in there? Um, Because this is a different kind of a different model. It's not all consistency. It does have some points involved in to get to this number. Any surprises in there that you see? I mean, obviously Stafford being three, uh, I know he was good. Uh, but right. that just shows like how how really good he was, and Ryan Tannehill to even be in there at seventh is interesting. And the thing to the thing to kind of reiterate, and you've said this, so basically I'll just word it a little bit differently, is that with with this model, this isn't this isn't the beacon to go by. And I know that right. that's not what you're saying. So basically, in your drafts, you're not you don't want to draft Stafford as a third quarterback off the no, board. No, no, exactly. Ahead of it's Washington just showing that how valuable what, he was in those for games, sure. right? For sure. And what it shows too is if you get to you know, maybe you're in the, I don't know, like the seventh or eighth round of your draft when you're looking at these guys and it comes down to, all right, so I see, you know, I'm looking at Matt Ryan and his ADP is there. And when you look at X consistency, Carson Wentz is only a couple spots back and I might be able to wait a couple, you know, a couple more rounds for him. So like that's where you can kind of use it to kind of pick and choose your options. Or if you're, I I personally like this the best for when I'm looking for maybe not even my starter because most of the time I'm going to get my guys who are going to be my starters. But you can use this X consistency model here to look at, all right, so when I'm looking at backups, so obviously Ryan Tannehill pretty high on X consistency, his metric last year, and he's going pretty late in drafts. Um, same with a guy like Jameis, even though he's a backup right. now. But right. Gardner Minshew's there at 16th, and he's being drafted way after quarterback 16. So, and mm-hmm. even... Danny dives down there at 23. So I always like looking at these X consistency marks to see what guys are going to be my backups just because I can use this model, see how effective they were on a, essentially on a per game basis. And then know that I have some position stability. Right, right. Definitely. Um, as we looked at the second section, there ranks 13 through 24. I mean, I think, I think that kind of surprised me was seeing Kyler Murray being a little bit lower than expected, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, one of the things that I kind of showed in the guide in the actual profile of Kyle Murray was his second half wasn't as strong as his first. I don't know if teams are starting to figure him out. I know that their run game got a lot better because obviously, you know, Kenyon Kenya, Drake came in, started running the ball well, so he didn't have to throw as much. Um, you know, that one game against the Browns, what do you have, three touchdowns? So I don't know if Kyler Murray threw the ball hardly at all that game. So definitely – looked a lot better. So he, you know, he certainly had his moments, but like I said, adding D hop and, you know, they'll be, they're going to be on fire this year. There's no question about it. Um, you know, Tom Brady being way down, uh, you know, obviously Trubisky, not a surprise. And even uh, Danny Jones, Daniel Jones being low, that, that was a little surprise. I thought he had some better overall per game numbers, but still, you know, still not bad and, and still gives you something to look at. So uh, as we kind of head to the last kind of 14, 15 minutes here, Let's kind of just take a look at the profiles, um, you know, it's kind of look at the values, especially from a, you know, ADP standpoint. And, it, you know, we start off with Josh Allen, you know, as we've shown above, you know, he was ranked ninth in total points, ninth in consistency. So going to QB7 pretty much puts him at value. Adding Stephon Diggs uh, should help the passing attack as a whole. Um, 
you know, but it, it's still going to come down to Devin Singletary, making sure he stays healthy to have a strong running game, keep them in the game. Uh, Josh Allen certainly makes up a lot of, uh, you know, fantasy numbers with his feet as well. Just kind of, you know, not as much as Lamar Jackson, but certainly puts up the numbers. You know, are, where are you on Josh Allen when it comes to value at from a drafting standpoint? I mean, where are you going to have to be at in the draft? Let's say somebody takes Deshaun in the third round, so they catch you off guard, so now you can't get Deshaun. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a point where Josh Allen is at a right spot for you and everybody, these other guys are gone that you go like, okay, round six and these guys are gone, Josh Allen, would I would be okay with him at that spot. Yeah, typically it'll be a couple rounds after um, a guy like Deshaun. That's where I'm looking at with him. One thing yeah. that I'm worried about with Allen, I like the addition of Diggs. Um, that should help. Maybe, right. I mean, Allen's going to have to get more accurate. One thing to note is that the Jets' defense is okay at best. Miami secondary is very good. They mm-hmm. spent money on those cornerbacks um, with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard coming back from injury, and obviously right. New England's defense is still good. That right. division is not as good as it once was offensively with Brady leaving and kind of that whole regime, but the defenses are strong, and when you look at Josh Allen's here, let me scroll down on my screen here, but I mean, against good defenses, I mean, his consistency hasn't been great. When you look at home and away, he's just five for 11 um, mm-hmm. in the 2018 and 2019 against some of those good defenses. And this year, Miami's defense will be good. New England's defense will be good. It's going to be, it's going to be some tough goes there. And that's four, that's four games. That's 25% of his season that he's going up against good defenses. We're just talking about division games. So right. that's one thing to note with Josh Allen. I'm fine with him around QB seven. Um, he's not a guy I'm pushing up though. Gotcha. All right, let's let's scroll down to uh, your guy Danny Dimes uh, in the in the profile. I bring up the fact that you know, on top of the fact, as you explained, you know, um, you know, there were thirteen games last year that he did not have Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. So from that standpoint, like you said, getting all those weapons back, you know, be, getting them healthy, a health. And let's be honest, Sha- Saquon Barkley wasn't healthy. You know, he he was missing games and not performing as well after that ankle injury. He came back a little quicker than even some of us thought he should. So, uh, you know, after that, you know, any any more thoughts? You know, as you looked at Daniel Jones, I think you pretty much you know put it all in perspective for us. But um, you know, like you said, definitely a good backup, and maybe if you wait long enough, could be your starter. But um, getting getting a couple of those guys in the late rounds certainly going to help. Yeah, it's just and it's interesting too. Just looking at it, I mean, he only had. Um, I'm using the RotoViz Game Splits tool as an app or a tool that I really like to use here. And just looking okay. at this, put in Danny Jones, put in um, players that also played Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. Just one game where he had those guys. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just that's something to consider. It's very interesting to see what he can do with those guys. There's plenty of weapons on that team now that other than Houston, that might be one of the more uh, health dependent crews in terms of skill players. Cause obviously they have a lot of injuries too, but no Danny dimes. If the, the only thing that scares me when I wait for him as my QB one is I better be damn sure I hit on every other position because I'm <laughs> right, going to right. need that. Um, especially if he doesn't quite elevate, like I think he will here in 2020. Gotcha. All right. As we scroll down the profiles to my hometown boy, Mr. Baker Mayfield, obviously a lot of hype last year, a lot of love. Uh, even I fell into the into the love, and um, and I'm usually not a I don't draft Cleveland people because I don't want to be get 
to double burn of not only my fantasy team sucking, but my regular team sucking. I'm used to my regular team sucking, but I did. I drafted Mayfield in some. Obviously, I got Nick Chubb in some, which was helpful. Drafted Beckham in some. That didn't work out. Drafted Landry in some. That was actually not too bad. Um, but as as we look at Mayfield, we've got a whole new, not a whole new team. We have the same team. We have a whole new coaching staff. Uh, we have Stefanski who came over from the Vikings. Looks like he's kind of trying to build the uh, a Vikings team in Cleveland. He went out and got another, uh, you know, he got Austin Hooper to go along with David Njoku. So he got two tight ends, hence Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr. Um, he obviously has the wide receiver, so he's good there. He's got Nick Chubb. He's got Kareem Hunt. But the key was they went out and got some offensive linemen. They got Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans. And then in, with their first-round pick, drafted the kid, as it Willis? Wills out of uh, Alabama. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, we have an offensive line. Is it enough to make Baker pick Baker up? Let's say we get he gets at least up and maybe close to the top 12. Definitely be more consistent. But more importantly, he's going to win football games. That's what, that's what we care about in Cleveland. But as from a fantasy perspective, is he going to be worth getting as your QB1, or is this guy definitely a, a backup, and you hope he turns it around and maybe becomes your starter or uh, possibly be a good trade bait? Yeah, I think I think he can be your QB1 this season uh, to lead your team. Looking here last year, eight, eight games when Kareem Hunt played, he did average six more fantasy points per game with Hunt on the field. He's a guy they're only going to use more. Only thing that worries me that kind of goes against that is once Kareem Hunt actually came back, um, Cleveland threw the football less and actually operated under one of the league's slowest paces um, upon Kareem Hunt's return. So they want to run the football and then let Baker mix it in there. No doubt to run first football team with I mean, they're going to pass more than they run, but they want to run the football with Nick Chubb. They're going to get Kareem Hunt involved. They do have plenty of talents. They add in Austin Hooper to be basically basically to be Baker's Kyle Rudolph um, that he's always had for so long in Minnesota. So there's a lot to like. I think he can get there to QB1. He just needs to, fortunately this season, it seems like there's not as many commercials with Baker. So maybe there's a little <laughs> bit more focus. I can't well, speak to that. He has come that, out. But that is in play. Right. So he has come out publicly and said, he is not going to do that this year. He's going to focus on football. He is not going to focus on commercials. He's not going to first focus on limelight. He's going to get the job done, and this is what he's saying. And he's, you know, he's going to, you know, and I guess OBJ has been participating in team meetings uh, on Zoom, and so that has been a new focus. So we'll, well it's, see. And it's, in, it's interesting with Baker too, because if I'm not mistaken, um, this this is his third. Third year. This 2020 will be his third year in the league, right? Right. Because he was 2018, 2019, now 2020. Right. right. Stefanski's in there. It's a There's a lot of new faces in there. If Baker doesn't perform or if they don't think he's the guy, right. they made the coaching changes, they could move on. So you could almost view this as a prove-it year for Baker, um, whether he's going to get I mean, an extension and, or if he's destined for a fifth-year option. Right. And you, know, you do you remember who they went out and got as their backup quarterback? Is Casey it Keenum? Keenum? Yes. Okay, that's and, what I thought. And who, where, where was Keenum whenever Stefanski was coaching the Vikings? His starting quarterback. So, obviously, um, he brought that guy in to say, you know what? Yeah, I've well, I've lived with this before. I can do this. So, yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, I think Baker Baker needs to do it. So, all right, we got about five, a uh, little over five minutes left here. So um, let's let's kind of scroll down. Anybody in the uh, profiles you want to talk about? Maybe 
talk about where they're at, where they're, you know, where their ADP is, what what you like or don't like about them? Yeah, actually, I won't go too far down for this one just because it's interesting. And I, I, I kind of said that Jacksonville stinks, um, and they <laughs> right. do, and they will. But Gardner Minshew is a guy I'm looking at too. Uh, I actually paid three bucks for him in uh, the auction draft that you and I are doing. Right. And he he was good last year. They can throw the football. I really like LaVisca Chenault for that team. I think he's going to be a big piece of that offense as long as they can get him in there and get him up to speed. Right. Yes, uh, in your profile, you mentioned about how Minshew kind of faded off after a hot start. Um, then again, he wasn't expected to be at all in the lineup that, that last year. It right. was Foles offense. And they let Foles walk, right? And they, well, they, they uh, yeah, uh, Chicago traded for him, believe it or not. But yes, Foles isn't there. It's Minshew. He's the only guy there. Like yeah. he can move a little bit too. Like his, he can put up some uh, fantasy points with his legs. And believe it or not, last year he was better statistically against good defenses um, than bad defenses. Interestingly enough, when you see mm-hmm. his profile there, so he's a guy I love to get as a QB two or QB three. And if you're in super flex formats, I love him as a QB three. Yeah, no, no question. It definitely had, you know, and he started off like wildfire. I mean, he started off with, you know, seven out of eight clutch games. And, you know, he, we, we, everybody's kind of like scratching their head, like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, had a great year. Um, yeah, let's let's scroll down and, and let's talk about Dak again. You know, last year, second in total points, he put up 81% consistency, which ranked him second overall. His ADP is QB5. We have him at QB3. Um, I have Prescott over Watson only because I'm not you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and But you even said you, you, you would probably put it that way just because they added weapons, which is surprising, um, by going out and getting C.D. Lamb in the draft. Uh, at, at number 17 overall. So they've got the fantasy locust, Amari Cooper, Gallup, Zeke, uh, you know, Blake Jarwin, it, it, tight end, which isn't much. And uh, now we've got C.D. Lamb. Can he, can he improve on his numbers? I guess that is the key. I think, I think if he matches last year's numbers, I think we'd all be happy if, if, we're, if we're drafting him. But can he improve on those numbers? That's the question. I don't. I. I'm going to say no. I think he'll be close, but I don't think he can improve because he did stuff that he hasn't done in ever. You know, his career year. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Because um, basically, where you're drafting him, you almost need him to at worst uh, match what he did last year. Right. Uh, the and it's one of those things where, like, yes, CD Lamb is an exciting young rookie coming in and he's going to be the slot. But like I mentioned with Watson earlier, Randall Cobb was really good for that team last year, believe it or not, in mm-hmm. terms of the numbers he accrued out of the slot. And obviously don't get me wrong. Lamb is way more athletically gifted. Um, right. So we'll have to see how that plays out. I <clears throat> yes, if, if you're asking me from my heart, I'll, I'll put Watson before Prescott, but with my mind and you know, with my brain, it, I'm going to put Prescott ahead of Watson. I think he can get better. It, it's going to be something where, He's going to need to continue to throw the ball and match those numbers. And what we're going to need is just a couple of times, um, don't hand the ball to Zeke and let him run it in. Those rushing touchdowns for Dak are going to be key just to give you that little extra bump to push him up more because you get six points for those. So I think he can do it. I think he's getting a little inflated in his ADP, and I think I'm going to get priced out soon because if I'm not mistaken, it continues to rise, Mm -hmm. and he's continuing to be pushed up. And he is the trendy – he's the trendy QB1 pick heading into right. 2020 um, right. being he'll be drafted after Lamar and Mahomes, obviously, but if, if it's not Lamar or Mahomes finishing the year's QB one, Dak is the trendy pick right now. All right. We got 
minute 45. I got question of the year here for you. Who do you think has a mm-hmm. better fantasy season, assuming they play all 16 games? Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I will go with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger at least is happy-ish. Okay. You could say. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, Aaron Rodgers is upset. He's upset. They have all those running backs now. It seems like they really want to run the football. Right. Um, it's still Ben's team. He's going to throw the football. I love love this the Steelers receivers this year, headlined by Juju. Right. Um, I know Ben Roethlisberger has the well-documented home and away struggles, but give me Ben. Right. And actually, Ben got a little bit better the year before and kind of picked it up a little bit. In fact, if you look at his numbers, now his three-year average is actually better away than it is home. So he has turned it around over the last couple of years. So he used to be atrocious home versus or away versus home, but certainly has picked that up. So, all right, well, obviously, Kobe, thank you again for being a part of our show. Always love to have you when you're available. But tell everybody where they can find you. we got about 35 seconds. Yep, on Twitter at Colby R. Conway. Uh, obviously, do some writing over at Fantasy Alarm. And once we get closer to the season, definitely see my name popping up more here at uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. So looking forward to it. Perfect. All right. Thank you again for being a part of this. Uh, of course, uh, take care. Stay safe. And uh, let's see what uh, the next thing happens. <laughs> but we hope we can get uh, back to semi-normal here at the end. So for, every, uh, for Colby Conway, I am Bob Lutton, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Thanks. Have a great day.